Welcome to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. I'm your host, Scott Dillingham. The goal of the show is to show you how you can grow personally, financially, have a larger net worth, and leverage your largest asset to help you develop the person you want to be. I take you through all the steps I did from being nothing to being told that I was nobody and I was never going to accomplish anything, from getting kicked out of high school to owning a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio in my own company with more than 20 employees. You'll meet our partners, you'll meet our friends, you'll quickly discover how you can improve your life. So listen in and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. I'm your host, Scott Dillingham. Today, I have a very special guest with us, Sergio Manzor. Welcome, Sergio. How are you? Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Good to hear from you. Yes. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. For those of you that don't know Sergio, Sergio, he had a large portfolio in Canada. I believe you still have working the corporate life over there, wanted change. And now he's transitioned to the Dominican Republic. He's a realtor there and he's working with all kinds of foreign and Canadian investors that are investing in infrastructure projects, new developments, that type of thing in the Dominican Republic. So I wanted to have you on so we could hear a little bit about your story, you know, growing up to figure out how you got from where you started to where you are now. And then I'd love to hear about the Dominican Republic. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, so I was born in and raised in Argentina. I immigrated to Canada in 2007. And by that time, I was in my mid-30s. So already as, a, as an adult, uh, yeah, and I'm an engineer by trade. I always worked in, you know, Fortune 500 companies in different, you know, different areas. Never really worked on a technical area, but uh, yeah, corporate jobs uh, overall. I also did some management consulting. And when I came to Canada, no difference, right? I found a, you know, a job in a good company. I progressed from there. Uh, and real estate for my wife and I is something that we discovered just uh, about six years ago as a way of accelerating our, you know, our wealth creation process, right? I was very skeptical about real estate and, you know, like many people for many years until I eventually, you know, saw that, okay, this is working for a lot of people. I started educating myself and jumping to it. The first steps that we did, I would say probably the first three years or so, we bought a bunch of single family properties in uh, Welland, the Niagara region in Ontario, that we converted into legal duplexes and basically applied the bird strategy. Okay, you know, refinancing, rent, et cetera, then do it again. So we did uh, probably, I think we did nine, pro nine such projects in, and it worked really well. And we got that extra bump from the, you know, from, from the market appreciation, right? So I, I'm always a firm believer that you should not expect, you know, invest for market appreciation because that's a little bit speculative. But if you invest in the right environment and, you know, appreciation happened, then that's a big bonus, right? That you want to capture. So by early 2021, we, because prices, you know, raise, you know, increased so much in Ontario, I started looking for other areas to invest. And then we shifted the focus to Calgary, Alberta. So we have uh, six deals right now in Calgary that we did during 2021 and 2022. And those luckily are working, uh, working really well. Uh, and then at the beginning of 2022, we actually started looking for a vacation property somewhere in the Caribbean and, and, and Central America. For different reasons, we ended up here in the north coast of the Dominican Republic. So we bought that property initially just as, a, as an investment. Uh, but 
a few months later, uh, you know, I decided to quit my full-time job. That happened at the end of 2022. And that really gave us the opportunity to say, hey, now we are free to live anywhere we want, right? Or not everywhere, but, you know, in many different places. And that's how we decided to come here with, with the family, right? At the end of 2022, as an adventure, a decision that we made based on lifestyle. Uh, and it's been great so far. I mean, we love it here. I am investing here. I've done, you know, four deals so far. And we also have the property portfolio in Ontario and Alberta that we manage from here, right? So... That's awesome. That's so cool. And what, what does your family think of this? Because I know you brought them with you. Yeah, you know, we love it here. I can tell you, my boys are now 15 and 13. So they were teenagers. When we came here, the transition, you know, has some issues, right? It's never that easy with, with kids that age. But, you know, I, a year after they are fully adapted, they have their lots of activities, lots of friends, and they're having a really good time. They're going to a private school here. It's a really good school. There are actually three private schools with the English uh, curriculum because there are so many foreigners, right? So many expats uh, living here in the north coast of the Dominican Republic. So it's a very interesting community. It's a great, it's a good place to invest. It's a good a place, of course, where many people come on vacation, but an increasing number of people are coming here to live full time. <laughs> and I'm, awesome. I'm not talking about just retirees as it, as it was in the past, but also, you know, younger people, young families with kids that can work uh, remotely. The so-called digital nomads that they live here all the time or that they spend at least all Canadian winters here. So. No, that's awesome. It looks really nice. So for those of you that are watching this podcast, You'll see the nice trees and the sunshine uh, behind you. So we're, we're all a little jealous here in Canada. It's uh, kind of cold today. <laughs> oh, awesome. But um, okay, so an investor, right? Because I know the markets are different, right? We are now doing financing in Canada and the States, right? And the States is completely different than Canada, right? And I'm yep. sure the Dominican Republic is the same thing. So can you tell me like what a Canadian should look for or be careful of when they're investing in the Dominican Republic? Yeah, that's a great question. From a financing point of view, financing options here are, are much more limited than what you would find in the US and or Canada, unfortunately, but it's still doable. So many people think that you can only buy properties cash here. That's the only way. And that's definitely, you know, what most people do for a variety of reasons. But there are some local banks, the equivalent of the A lenders in Canada, that are willing to lend to some foreigners, especially citizens of the US and Canada, and they will underwrite those cases as if you're still living in the US and Canada. So they want to see, you know, proof of income. They want to see your financial statements, all your numbers, calculate the DCR, get a credit score, etc. Basically, they will underwrite your case as if you're still in Canada or, or, or the US. And the conditions are a little bit more strict than what we find in North America. So they will go up to 70% loan to value. The rates are right now 7.5, 8%, so a little bit uh, higher than Canada. And also the amortization uh, is, is usually 20, 25 years, right? So they will go to 30 years. So they're a little bit more strict terms, I would say. And most of these banks would lend to a foreigner only on one property as a vacation renter, right? So it's definitely not the same environment as we are used in Canada or the US where, you know, if you do things right, you can scale, you know, benefiting from financial leverage. Yeah, it's not the same case here. Okay. 
And then, so I know you mentioned four, you have four properties down there now, and I don't want to you know, probe too much, but how did you acquire them if financing is a challenge? Yeah, what we did is we actually brought some capital. So we sold a couple of properties in Canada. And we okay. also got a HELOC at, at some money from a HELOC at some point in time. So in our case, we purchased the properties cash. Okay. We bought a bedroom villa in a nice gated community first. That's the one we had as a rental and the one that we moved into when we were here. It was okay. not a good investment. But anyway, I didn't get the, the right advice. It was a villa in a gated community and where it's all beautiful, but during the, the slow season, occupancy wasn't that good for short-term rental, right? So the, I had the opportunity to change it into a long-term rental, which here is it's an increasing share of the market, especially furnished property where you can rent to foreigners that are coming here to live, right? So maybe the first year they are, you know, they are building something or they are just looking around to see what they want to buy so they would need to rent first so that was an option but uh, yeah but the, the cash on cash return was not what i expected right so i sold that one i also bought a a, a lot in a also in a nice gated community and we actually built this, this house that, that you see here so this was custom built on that lot and uh, we actually hired a, a canadian builder that has been living here for for about 10 years so that was a really interesting learning experience. Yeah. And then uh, we are purchasing a couple of pre-construction condos in a nice project in, a, in an area called the uh, Encuentro Beach here in the North Coast, which is an area that is booming right now that I think it really has a, a bright future. That's so awesome. there are lots, That's of, awesome. lots, of, you know, lots of opportunities to invest, but with everything that I've learned so far, I would say, especially for, you know, for a foreign investor, Condos are probably the best move, and especially some pre-construction condos uh, where it's a, it's a good-sized project, reputable developer, where pricing is, uh, you know, you can still find pricing below a uh, recent market, as we were used to in Toronto until five, six years ago. Uh, so those are what I see as the, the best opportunities, right? If you buy in the right location that where you can have, you know, good short-term rental and also long-term rental opportunities that that those are the best opportunities. That's awesome. Now for that, and I know we spoke about before the call, you said the same kind of thing that you think the condos is, is the best for a Canadian because not only can they Airbnb it or whatever, they can also visit the property and use it when they're here, which is super cool. Now, what would you say the condos go for? Like just the average, like price-wise in US dollars. Yeah, so for a nice project, I would say one bedroom will start at around 150,000, I would say. Okay. Or they will range from, you know, 150 to maybe 225. And then for two bedroom condos, I would say starting around, you know, 200 to 275. That's what I see as a most common. And the projects that I really like the most that are the, the, the right pricing in areas that are developing right now versus maybe, a, you know, a condo. A, very established area where the prices are, you know, are when you where you would pay a premium, right? Especially if you buy resale. Yeah, all this year that I've been here and you know, you know, learning about the the market really taught me. Okay, what are the opportunities that that are more interesting for investors, uh, as you mentioned, right? Maybe for someone that you know wants to use it as a vacation rental that would pay for itself and likely appreciate based on how the market is performing here, which is really strong right now. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So how does it work with property taxes, condo fees or maintenance fees? Are all of those same expenses there? If you're going to run the numbers from Canada, are all those same things apply? Yeah, pretty much everything, everything applies. So if you buy a villa in a gated community or if you buy a, you know, a condo in a complex, you are going to have HOA fees. Okay. And those fees will normally take care of, you know, most expensive, including gas, which here is just propane, maybe for the, you know, for the dryer or for the stove, uh, including, you know, the basic insurance, uh, all that stuff, plus all the, you know, maintenance of the complex overall. Uh, and then you, what you would have to pay on top of that uh, is uh, basically electricity, right? Which is not super cheap here. Electricity costs, costs some money, yeah. Yeah, so, and you probably do use a decent amount because you've got to have that air conditioner on, I'm sure. Actually, it's mainly during summer where you turn on okay. the air conditioner and usually at night. So most people would have a AC units on each bedroom and maybe not that common in the, you know, in the common areas. Uh, but it's mainly during summertime. Like, for example, you know, I would say since November, we're not using air conditioner at all. I mean, everyone has ceiling fans, right? So with the, you know, with the ocean breeze and the fans, you are good to go already. Nice. That's awesome. I love it. That's so cool. Just again, just seeing you and know, knowing it's so cold here right now, it does. It makes me want to be there. So that's incredible. Yeah. I, I, and I can tell you in the summer, yeah, you have, a, you know, two, three, maybe four months that where it can get uh, really hot. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of the year, it's awesome. Like, Right now, the weather is just perfect. Honestly, we we'll awesome. go to, you know, 28 degrees during the day, maybe 23 degrees at night. So you can still be, you know, eat outside on terrace uh, all the time. It, yep. It's really nice. Cool. cool. Okay. So I have some questions. So yeah. let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, they want to get going. So I know you're a realtor in the area and we'll touch on that in a second. But what steps, like what's step one? That an investor, maybe step two, three, and four as well. But what are the the logical steps that an investor needs to take to purchase down there? Should they set up an entity first? Do you know what I mean? To get bank accounts Perfect. and stuff. Like, is that what they do first? Or could you guide us yeah. through those steps to get going? Excellent. Great question. I want to start by saying that property rights here for foreigners are excellent. You basically have the same rights as a local Dominicans or foreigners that are already residents here, right? So you can purchase a property in your name or you can very easily, you know, set up a, a corporation, an LLC and have the LLC purchase the corporation. So, and it's very easy and it's not cheap to set up a, a corporation at all, right? So the property rights are, are really excellent. And it, it is like that because the country really incentivizes foreign investors, right? So they give you the same rights as everyone else. So, so that's pretty good. So most convenient is to buy just the property and cheaper in, you know, in your personal name. But if you are planning to buy, you know, more than one property, maybe it makes sense to form an LLC, uh, which is what my wife and I have done, for example. So, yeah, I would say maybe the first step. If someone is, you know, wants to explore the opportunity of getting some a lender financing for that 70% of the purchase price that can apply for resale or even for pre-construction projects, uh, the first thing would be to get pre-approved by the bank because all the pre-approvals, all those processes here take much longer than what we are used to in Canada. Okay. So if you want to, you know, buy a property first and then hope to get financing, 
can be very difficult. So it's better to get the pre-approval first. And that doesn't guarantee 100% everything, but uh, at least you will have the pre-approval and the bank, you know, prior to closing, they will ask for all your financial documentation again, basically to revalidate that nothing has changed from the time where they gave you the pre-approval, right? So that, that's, I would say, the first step. Then the process to purchase a property uh, is actually pretty simple and straightforward. So it is a really good process. The main challenge here, and we can get in that at some point in time anyway, is, you know, is finding a, a good opportunity because this is a market where you don't have the transparency that we are used to in the US and Canada, where you have a multiple listing service and you know at any point in time, the properties that are for sale and the property that just sold, you can get the, the recent sales transactions and prices, right? It doesn't work like that uh, here. You have to, you know, scrap different websites and, and do a lot of work just to understand, you know, was for sale and many you know a lot of information that you find in line is on, online is not a it's not accurate right because there are listings that have been sold already maybe the price looks really attractive but it's just marketing bait for someone to tell you hey no sorry we sold that property already but we have all these others to, to offer right mm -hmm. so it is you know, it can be quite a challenge to find that right property. And of course, it's very important to work with someone local that can guide you through, you know, which are the, the good reputable projects or good developers, the right areas, the right occupancy rates, everything for to, you know, to, to run your numbers. But once you find the, the property that you want to make an offer, uh, making an offer is Similar to what we do, how we do it in Canada, you can present an offer with all the conditions that, that, that you want, but there are no regulated forms like the OREA forms in Ontario, right? So it's just an offer where you, you should be putting as much detail as possible. You negotiate that, you, everyone signs on that. And once you have that as an accepted offer, both parties will give it to the, the lawyers to, to prepare what is called a, a promise of sales. So that's the legal document that's that's going to be used to convey the sale at closing time right so from that point of view it is it is it is different but the process is still pretty straightforward it is key to make sure that everything as much as possible is on writing so that then the lawyers don't have issues right <laughs> negotiating the the promise of sale uh, yeah then you know it, it's very important to have a good lawyer that will do the proper due diligence and check the title, all that stuff as we are used to in Canada. Uh, yeah, and that, that's pretty much it, right? So the property will be registered with the government. So that process starts at, at closing day. So you take ownership, but then there is a process that, the that, that has to happen in the government. And it may take several months until you actually get your, the title in your name. But the good thing is that doesn't prevent you from, you know, let's say turning around and selling the property again, right? The lawyers can work with that, even if the government has some delay, which can be six months or more until they actually issue the new title in your name. Okay. okay. No, that's in, that's interesting. So we, we do have to wrap up, but I have one quick question and then I'd love for you to share your contact details for everybody. But so being a realtor, right? And that's what you represent for obviously the clients. How can, yeah, I guess ultimately I, my question is how can they get in touch with you to move forward if they're looking to buy a property there? Yeah, excellent. So I don't know if you may want to add my information, but you know, through a, 
uh, phone number, the WhatsApp, it, it was work uh, well he, better here, right? Or just via regular email. Uh, yeah, people can write to me at Sergio at drproperties.ca. So that would be an option. And that's the email from the broker that I sign up with, okay? So yeah. the broker is called DR Properties. It's a very niche broker with, a, you know, with, with decades of experience and a great reputation here in the North Coast. And it's a team that has worked with investors in the past. So that's why I chose to, to sign up uh, with them because, uh, yeah, I have lots of experience investing, but only one year in the Dominican Republic, right? So yeah. for me, you know, for my own sake, and also to be able to help uh, clients properly, it was very important for me to sign up with a really great team that has a power team that can have my back with anything that I need. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I love it. Thank you. So I will, I'll share your phone number and the notes for this, okay. but no, I really appreciate you, Sergio. I know it's a super exciting opportunity. That's why I wanted to have you on because, you know, I'm in Canada still. I love Canada. There's lots of investors that love Canada too, but some people are looking for something new and different, right? And that's kind of why we got into the States. And that's why I'm also very interested in Dominican Republic and just getting this yeah. going. So I wanted you here to show Canadians what's available. Excellent. That's great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Great no talking to Thank you, you, Sergio. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. If you're serious about real estate investing and you want to take it to the next level with the least amount of time and mistakes, then you're going to want to sign up for our Real Estate Investor Hub. Visit CanadianRealEstateNetwork.com and hit the blue button or banner that says Free Investor Resources. Inside, you'll have access to real estate investing courses, networking opportunities, webinars featuring industry professionals, as well as dedicated chat channels to share and get access to unique properties. I look forward to seeing you there.